Welcome to this special edition of Inside the Student Studio podcast. Today, we have a pretty hot button topic of community policing as it pertains to our students. As mentors, we're always trying to be proactive in engaging our students where they are. We thought that it was very important to be able to actually bring a police officer in to sit down with our students so that they can get to know exactly what it means to be a police officer. So we hope that you uh, enjoy this conversation and that you take something away from it as our students do. All right, welcome inside the student studio. My name is Brandon Stepp. I'm an instructor here at the David's Harp Foundation. We're a 501c3 nonprofit organization that engages youth with multimedia production. And uh, we're here in the studio today. I'm really excited because we got a couple of my friends here. Actually, a few of my friends. Um, Man, I'm just going to introduce them right now (laughs) to you. Guys, how's everything going? Good? Pretty pretty good, bro. Pretty good. Yeah, life is good. All right, here we go. So from my right all the way around, first off, I have a (laughs) 17-year-old hip-hop that's extraordinary. Right, that's right. <laughs> His name is David, and uh, he's actually a 17 year old at Atlas. What yeah. school you go to, bro? Yeah, that one, the charter school. The charter, that one charter school. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My man Fidel, yes, Fatal, aka Fatal, right? Yep. An MC from King Chavez High School. And last but not least, <laughs> Officer Fuerte. Whoa, what's Kurt, up? Bro. What's up? <laughs> Shocker, shocker. Shocker right there. Nice Officer year. Fuerte, who's a, a second year? Are you second year now? Yeah, a little more than two years now. Wow, more than two yeah. years on the force. He's joining us today. We're going to have a, a fantastic conversation. Um, and this is something that's really cool to me because I've been waiting to get everybody in the same room. You guys are some of my favorite people. Um, and you guys got some crazy minds. So I'm ex- excited about this conversation. Appreciate um, it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's hop right into it. I want to talk about perception. Right, Fedor, look at Fido. He's like, man, you're always trying to get deep, and hey, but hey, it is. I want to talk about perception because I want to start out by just allowing all of us to to just throw it out there. What our perception is, and I really specifically because we have Officer Fuerte here, I want to talk about your perception of law enforcement as young people. I'm going to talk about what my perception is. And then, you know what I mean? We're going to talk about after that a little bit about what our perception is as adults at, of young people. Like, I want to just throw it all on the table in the beginning. So who wants to start? Well, I guess I'll start. Then I'll get start the lead. it up. Yeah, start it up. Well, first of all, uh, I had the pleasure to meet the officer today. Mm-hmm. And um, being honest, it's not the first time I'm with a Cameron, an officer. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the, you know, I feel, I feel, you know, good with the man right now, you know. Mm-hmm. My perception of law enforcement, well, I got two perceptions. Mm -hmm. My perception is a kid who's walking on the street. And my perception is, you know, as just as who am I, who will I be? You know, like my perception of who I want to be and how I want to perceive and how I perceive right now in the bottom of the ladder, you know. So you perceive yourself to be at the bottom of the ladder in the eyes of law enforcement. I'm only 17. So what do I know about life that is relevant, you know, Mm -hmm. to a 30 year old, you know, Mm -hmm. through my perception Law enforcement, they do their job. They're not really smiling when they do their job. Mm. And they don't smile when they see you, you know, either, at least with me. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's tricky. I mean, my man over here said he was, uh, you said two years, right? Mm-hmm. You know, two years, it's the same thing. You know, like, the mm. way I probably feel being a young man is, I imagine, the way you kind of feel being a police officer, right? Two years is not a long, you know, it's not a lot of long things, time, you know, yeah. yeah. 
So my perception right now is with this man over here is, you know, he's he's a he's a young man. You know, he's not really far from me. You know, mm. how old are you, sir? Like twenty seven. Twenty seven. That's ten years. You know, but I yeah. mean, ten years. You're still twenty seven. You're still young. You know. I think our perceptions Dave, are gonna be. Similar. What's your perception of law enforcement? <laughs> Look, <laughs> stop dancing around. Dude. My perception of law enforcement, as I said before, they could do their job smiling. And I think 90% of the times that I had to deal with law enforcement mm -hmm. wasn't even necessary. Okay. You know, it was just because some reason they thought, but it was not necessary. Okay. All right. That's, that's what I think. That's, 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 that's real. What about you, Fredo? Well, as a local teenager in San Diego, you know, growing up around uh, gangsters, crackheads, you know, drugs, I think like we're at the bottom of the food chain. Mm. So like the teenagers, I don't think like the cops care about them, but... At the same time, they don't. Mm. And that's what I look at the cops. That's how I grew up. Mm. Thinking that the cop is like the bad guy of the group. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's real. So for me, for me, and, and you know, as like you said, a 30-year-old, right? Yeah. First off, I think you guys have a voice. I think you have a lot to say. Um, I think your voice is relevant. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. Um, as a 30-something-year-old as a person, I look back and I'm interested at what you guys are thinking Word. about certain subjects because ultimately it's you guys that are going to inherit all of this you know what i mean so it's important yeah um to have conversations so yeah so as as a now older man like i look at you guys and even like with david me and david were having a conversation in the studio one day and he was just like yo police officers this x y and z and i'm like okay well let's get a police officer to come <laughs> in here and talk about it but before we so before we get to that, Officer Fuerte, and I know you can't speak for all police officers. Mm -hmm. That would be ridiculous. Just like they can't speak for all youth. I can't speak for all, uh, you know, mentors or whatever. Word. What from your perspective, like where as a police officer, where how do you see these youth? As a police officer, when I'm out in the streets, honestly, I'm not looking to stop young juveniles all the time. Usually when I come in contact with juveniles it's because they're out doing something. Um, either it's a radio call of, you know, some kids tagging, mm. then, um, you know, the reporting party, whoever's calling might be giving a description of, hey, they look like so, such and such wearing this. And I get to a certain area where the crime occurred and I'm looking for, obviously, someone that matches that description. That's when I come in contact with youth or obviously when uh, sometimes I do curfew sweeps. So mm. if you're under 18, you can't be out past 10. We really have those laws out to protect the youth because it really keeps kids out of the streets where things are happening so they don't get run-ins with, with crooks out there trying to trying to make a dollar on some kid or something. But um, that's pretty much my perception. I'm not out trying to harass young kids or anything like that. Mm. you know. So when I know young David right here was saying something about um, you know police officers not smiling and stuff. And like I said, I can't speak for those officers, but... The only thing I can speak for is for myself, and when I'm out there, I try to get a, make good contacts with whenever I run into kids. Mm. One of my best friends on the force, when he sees kids out there skateboarding and stuff, he'll get off and he'll ride the skateboard with them. So that's kind of the type of type of image we're trying to portray out in the community. Mm. And I, like I said, I can't speak for all the officers, but I want to leave a, a positive impact in, in kids' lives to know, hey, because I'm wearing a badge and a uniform doesn't mean I'm a scary guy or not approachable. So I like to say hi, I like to wave and 
and say what's up to but honestly man this guy's sitting here right now this is intimidating bro <laughs> like i'm i'm just gonna be honest with you yeah. officer fuerte <laughs> like the, no, and for those that can't see officer fuerte's in full uniform he has all of his <laughs> gear on um and he's ready to go just in yeah. case he's got the body camera on too so i feel safe yeah yep. but no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no but we all so, we all feel safe with the body camera yeah <laughs> um but but um just so can can i just want to like kind of dive deeper into that so okay. you 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 usually get called when something wrong is happening so yeah. like like how does that plan your psyche like Nobody ever calls you when something right is happening, mm-hmm. except for me. I called you like, hey, something hey, right is happening exactly. at the studio. Come down. Yeah. And you came. Thank you for that, by the way. But how does that start to play in your psyche? Like, do you start to see everybody as negative? So it's it's like this, man. Um, you, you hit it on it. People don't call us for when their kid graduates and to come celebrate and have cake with them. We We come to to calls, radio calls, 911 calls is when people are usually having the worst time of their life or having, you know, some kind of negative incident happen. Mm-hmm. So you you constantly, constantly are going to these type of calls. Mm-hmm. And um, it for some people, if you're not careful, the world just becomes cynical because you're, you're totally just seeing things negative all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. And they talk about in police work, when, in the academy, when that, that if you don't, watch out for it and not aware of it mm-hmm. then you can start becoming cynical how you mm-hmm. view the world yeah. but you have to have some kind of balance in your life so outside of work they said you got to do things you know hang mm-hmm. out with, with friends who are not police officers right. you know to to really create a balance it's all about creating a balance, balance in your life so not everything your whole life is just police work police work mm-hmm. police work you're just talking about police stuff so mm-hmm. that's good. yeah that's so good. It, it's very true it, you you can be cynical mm-hmm. you know that's so. good yeah what do you think about that bro like so fidel like if if that was you if if every time somebody called you it was negative like you're responding to a situation and it's always negative nobody's ever just hitting you up except for when something's going wrong how do you think that would influence you well, you know, I have to, like, change my trait because if they're just calling me for negative stuff, you know, that's not how it's supposed to work. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, but in his case, right, we, obviously we need police officers. Do you think we do? Us? Teens? Just in general. No, society. Um. um yeah, I'm guessing. I mean, yeah, I don't want anybody <laughs> to take my stuff. Can right? I add on that one just a yeah, little bit? Yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, what would you, you know, do? You know, that's the thing, um... No, well, well, I'm mad about that too, but what he said, what you asked him right now, do we really need police officers? I mean, you said it yourself, sir, like, you guys are called when there's something negative going on, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, it's just funny that we always try to patch this negativity, trying to add a solution when Mm. we're not really fixing the problem. Mm. Why is there junkies in the street? Mm. Because there's drugs. That's why we need cops, to get the guys with the drugs. Mm. That's why society... Pretty much that's what a lot of police is doing right now with the war on drugs. Mm. So instead of us just, because how I feel is instead of adding like more more ammunitions and guns and, you know, all that mm. stuff going on in Ferguson and all those things. Right. You need to patch the problem, bro. This is this is not the duty of a police officer it's to keep it safe, but it's not to fix what's broken, you know. OK. That's how I feel. And what you said, what would be my you said, what was my. Yeah. How my, would you my feel? perspective yeah. if I was him? Yeah. Being honest, I understand what you were saying, and I'm going to put myself in the right position saying that we as teenagers, we're dumb and we we do break the law. And we think it's funny most of the time, you know. 
I ain't gonna lie. Like, that's something you get when you're a kid. You, you're not really looking at the world like it should it be, you know? Mm. You're just trying to, oh, authority, you know, there's something that's real. I ain't gonna deny it. You know, I feel that way before. Mm. But I feel like, for example, I'm not, a, I'm not a little kid no more. You know, I'm about to be 18. Yeah. I'm still young, really young. Right. But once you're 18, it's real world, you know? Yeah. So I feel like sometimes when they just assume that I'm doing this and this and that, you know, like, oh, he's walking, he probably carrying some some weed, some whatever. It happens in school mm. everywhere. And it's not because, you know, I feel that way, but I understand what you were saying. Like, the way I see you guys, there's no difference between a badge. Man, that mentality goes, you know, the opposite way, too. There's no difference between a kid with a backpack, mm. you know, just running like that on the street. You know, I mean, mm. I, I definitely understand it. What do you think about that, Fatal? Yeah, I agree with you David. Agree? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So so I kind of want to shift it a little bit. I want to ask, so some of the criticisms that you've heard, you've already acknowledged that there's some truth to it. Mm -hmm. But, but all right, so for you as a police officer, what what are you proactively doing? I mean, obviously you're here. That's mm -hmm. proactive. People will hear this. Yeah. Young people will hear it. But, but what you already kind of said a couple things, but what is something that maybe the force does to try to, you know, be more community oriented bridge the gap yeah you know what i mean um it's really just getting out there and talking to people yeah. um you're not gonna build build no bridge with the community unless you're out Agreed. actually having some kind of positive interactions with, with people on the community so like i said i can't speak for all police officers but i can't say all police officers do it or don't do it but i like to to view myself as someone that that wants to take that positive interaction that proactive action out there by getting out and talking to kids and mm. or adults or sometimes I, I come across just so you guys know a little bit about me I come across people that I've arrested a couple few times and they come up to me saying what's up hey what's up man and, and I oh. just check in and I'll say yeah hey, how you doing man how's su such and such situation doing with your mom family yeah. whatever so I have young kids too you know young 18 year old kid who who I got in a scuffle with and um and I, you know, I arrested him and everything. And, and a couple months later, he's saying, "What's up to me?" And and it's like no hard well, feelings. Why do you there. think that is, bro? I think it's all about how you you come across at, mm. from that point of contact. It might not be be a positive one. Mm -hmm. Say, you know, so, someone has a warrant or something, yeah. and I know that, and I'm gonna go arrest him for a warrant on some something he did bad, mm. or whatever it may be. But it's from that point, it's all it's just badge and uh, freedom you know i'm trying to get away my, it's my freedom yeah, yeah. but once we come in contact and and we get all that over with mm -hmm. then now i can start talking to him hey man well what's up with you you know you lived here blah 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 you start like building that bridge like yeah, i was right. talking about so like i said i come in contact with plenty of people on the streets who 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 I arrested, who come up and say what's up to me, and, mm. and it's all good. I, I don't feel like I got to watch my back against them because mm. of the way I talked with them. It kind of built like a, a relationship. So you think much. it's like a level of respect even in the midst of a room yeah. arrest? Yeah. No. So so look, and, I, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. Most people don't see that. Nope. I've seen multiple arrests, and... We don't see what happens in the car. Mm -hmm. We don't see what happens when we get to, when you get to the jail when you're booking whatever all of yeah. that, and and for some that have actually been in that situation, I know that for a fact that not and and I would say, um, a good majority of police officers, um, how how do you keep a level of respect in in a situation where you just got in a scuffle with somebody? 
you know like what you know what i mean yeah. like, i know what you mean <laughs> yeah how can you i mean yeah. right like yeah, that's yeah. a it's crazy, yeah, because if you get in a scuffle with someone out on the street, there's like a, and they're trying no to take your life there, yeah, right, yeah. What was that? I mean, potentially they're trying yeah. to take your life. They, they could try to take my life or whatever it may be. They just don't want to go in cuffs. But at right. that moment, I got to do my job, and I know that they got to be arrested for whatever yeah. they did. So, but after that, after the fact, yeah. I mean, I remember going to the hospital room to with some dude, and it's just, I, I guess it's they still have some kind of respect there for law enforcement mm. because uh, I may talk to them. I kind of get down and, and I try to make some kind of common ground with people. Yeah. So we may talk about sports or whatever it may be. And, and before you know, it's like they forgot like anything had ever happened. Okay. And I think they just realized, hey, he, he was doing his job and, mm. and, and I was trying to get away or right, something. Right. You know what I mean? So it's okay. kind of like no hard feelings there. Mm. And um, that's pretty much, yeah, and like you were saying, people yeah. don't see what happens behind after the situation people see in the streets what happens because there's cameras out and mm-hmm. oh man the police is chasing them oh police is fighting them but people don't see what happens once they're in the car when we're spending another hour and a half with that person because yeah. because conversation happens some people um, may talk and some people are just going to go off oh, and, yeah. and going to be angry and you can't do nothing about that right. yeah. so, I'm going I'm to I'm put David on the spot right now okay yeah so David is a man. He knows his rights. Like he's a he's 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 pretty he's pretty shrewd about what his rights are, right? Mm-hmm. How do you much. feel that in the times that you've been interacting with police officers that that your rights have been violated? Let's just I mean, come on, because you have some some really strong things to yeah. say. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you for that positive attitude that you're keeping, officer. Yeah. That's pretty much you know that's impressive to be honest. I wasn't aware of that part of you know the the job. Mm. But right now that you're telling me that you, Brandon, you're asking me how I've, how I've felt before and, you know, all these situations, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, there's a constitution, you know, mm-hmm. whether we like it or not, whether we like this, this, or we that. We like it. We do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's people that I like don't it. like it. That's <laughs> why they break the law, you know, because they don't like it. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like if you're just, first of all, if you're in a situation where you know that you are responsible for your actions and you know that you shall be punished. Right. I mean, most of us would probably deny that at first, you know, and that's what you don't want to pay a bill. Right. So sometimes you're getting you're getting caught up in these situations where you really didn't do it. But and people like, how can you actually prove that you didn't do it if a man comes and tells you this is what you did, this mm. is what they told us. Mm. And if I didn't do it, I'm going to tell you I didn't. But as I said before, people would actually say I didn't when they did it, you know? Yeah. So this is, again, perception, like, oh, you know, all over again. Like, what is this perception so you've, of me? you've been in that scenario before where you felt like... A lot of times. A lot of times. Give me an example. You don't have to go into detail, but give me an example of one time where you felt violated. And then I want to have Officer Fuerte respond as to how it should have been handled. The the last time that I actually felt that way was um I was riding the trolley. Mm-hmm. And um well in reality my 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 bus pass was out for mm-hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. I wasn't aware. And uh well you know the trolley cops and all that, you know, they checked me and they're like, "Oh, you know your your ticket is red." Mm-hmm. The thing is it was I was, you know, I told them, "Oh, I'm sorry, you know, I'll just buy my ticket, you know." The officer looked at me and he told me why should I believe you if all Mexicans lie the same way? You're cheap. You know, and I was like, wow. you know, but he said it like he wasn't really 
he wasn't even looking at me. You know, he said it like if it was nothing. Mm. You know, and you might think, oh, he didn't mean it, but in that situation, you're getting outside the boundaries of your job, mm -hmm. and you're the law, you know? So I mm. felt like I had to respect the law, but the man wearing the badge wasn't even respecting it himself, mm. you know, because you're outside your boundary. You're not doing your job no more, you know? You're profiling me, which right. is a crime. Okay. Well, so, not a crime, but it's against the law. Yeah, yeah, that's not right. So obviously, that's not right, Officer Fuerte. Yeah. You don't have to get into that. I yeah. mean, that's obvious, but... Um, and I can't ask you to speak for that that police officer. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, what is the proper what, as a law enforcement agent? How would you suggest that he respond to something like that? David respond to yeah. How to should that David situation? respond to that situation? In, in as far as your training goes, yeah. Because yeah. ultimately, man, I love these guys. Yeah, I yeah. want to see them be safe. I want to see them continue to come to the studio. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so. This man is right. He's he's trying to think and balance his rights versus what's going on. And he admitted that he obviously he was wrong. Should have bought the ticket, but you know. Yeah. So how? What's the proper response to that? You know what I mean? Okay. I, I mean, obviously, a comment like that is really unnecessary. You don't go making. Yeah. That's beyond professional. We're taught professionalism all the time. Mm. So obviously that was wrong. Uh, that was MTS. That was an SDPD, man. Huh? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was MTS. Whatever. <laughs> no, I don't want to get too detailed in that situation yeah, no, there. That was a PD. Though. Oh, it was SDPD? Yeah, like there was a oh, PD. Oh, it was outside? There was a PD outside. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, um, we don't have, I guess, trolley stations in our Seriously. specific division. Yeah. But we could go around, you know, trolley station making sure people have their bus pass and right. doing uh you know make sure they're purchasing not st stealing and right, right, right. you know Definitely. going on free free uh trolley rides yeah, definitely. you know obviously that's why the law is there yeah so he had he david admitted you know that obviously you broke the law so there's a reason to be detained there i mean you you gotta and then it's really up to that officer i mean we have spirit of the law or letter of the law letter mm -hmm. of the law is you're gonna enforce it you're gonna give tickets right um spirit of the law is our discretion and and that's where that comes into play, where where we can either give a ticket or or give a verbal warning, to, depending on the situation. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, that situation, the you are detained, so the officer can can give you a trolley ticket if you yeah. wanted to. If he did, I don't know the situation. Um, but it, it's best, no matter what happens, to to be respectful at all times. Don't mm -hmm. don't get into a uh, shouting match with the officer because it never goes good. Yeah, uh, it's, it's never gonna go good when you try to argue with police officers. I mean, if you if you're not if you don't like something that happened, it's best to to either file a complaint because mm. you can't do that's your right, or you can just take it to court and argue it up in court. But w when during that situation, uh, even if he got you know he was disrespectful, and if you didn't feel it was right, hey. Call a supervisor, man. That, that's what mm. people do uh, all the time in the streets. If they don't like how something went, then Ask they want to let me talk to your supervisor yeah, or whatever. Okay. I could, uh, you know, I want to file a complaint. That's your right as a citizen. Go ahead, man. Yeah, yeah just let me add a little bit over here. Go ahead. You know, I agree with what you said. You know, it was my fault. You know. Yeah. But I think we're not. Well, I think we're not catching the real. You know, the real thing over here. I heard you. We're, we're not. <laughs> we're not. We're not catching the fact. That you did your job and you gave me a ticket, you know, the the when we say police brutality, I'm not saying this was a situation, right, right, but right. usually when we say police brutality, we think that it's a police officer using force that wasn't really necessary, mm -hmm. you know. So the ticket indeed was necessary. Right. He's doing his job, but I think the problem that we have perceiving it as a citizen is 
when you do something out of your job mm. and you're automatically shielded because you're wearing a badge. Mm. Which what I'm saying is most of, most of the time, you know, like, like you said, if you're in this situation and they arrest me, but that's not how it really works. Because what if I didn't do it and I'm telling you, this is a law. Like, please, you know, like, we're not really, we're not really saying or inventing nothing. Like, we're saying this is how it should be. Like, right. you know, like. And I understand what you're saying. Like, you're caught in a situation in between. I know, I know where I went wrong. I know now that this is going beyond what exactly. it should be just a ticket. Exactly. Now, how should I respond to that? And, and, and even in a situation, I told this man, I told David, I was like, look, it's better for you to just go with the flow of allowing the process to take place mm -hmm. and then go back behind. But I understand the the feeling behind it of be, of feeling like powerless in a situation where the law should give you power. I understand that. I've been in that same situation. Um, and, and I think what Officer Fuerte is saying is like, and co correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, in that situation it's better to deescalate and then and then go back behind. But in the moment, it's not going to help. You know what I mean? It's, it's not going to make you feel any better. I understand, but yet again. So, so let me ask you this. And this is a good question. Yeah. This is a good question. If, if someone breaks the law, right, and, and goes against the rules that you know that have been started, does that give you liberty to then go above and beyond, even in stating your, 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 your rights to go above and beyond that process? So, so you've been detained for a proper reason, right? Somebody, somebody, the officer breaks the law and going above and beyond how he should be interacting with you, right? Yeah. Does that then give you the right to go above and beyond the situation and say, and not follow the rules in making a proper complaint? Well, that's exactly what I said when I told you that I was aware that my ticket was out. No, not the ticket. Not I mean, after oh, the yeah, ticket. I know, but what I'm saying yeah. is I took my responsibility, you okay. know? Yeah. And the officer did his job. Now, what you're telling me is... Let's say I do go and I, you know, I follow the procedure and all of this. Right. And uh, he gives me whatever, the ticket, whatever. I spend mm -hmm. the night there. I don't know. Like, we don't know the situation. Right. But yet again, was this really necessary? Like in the case, like I said, what right. if I didn't do it? Yeah. And I'm proving you legally speaking that, that you I did. You're yeah. not, you know, do your job. Okay. Yeah. I, I respect that. You know, we all need to make a living. Do your job. But. It's just, it's not right. You're saying yeah. that it's better, but better and right is not the same. No, I understand. You know, and, like... And wrong is wrong. And sometimes yeah. I, don't like what's, I don't like what's right and I do what's better. Sometimes other people don't like what's right and do what's better because that's when you break the law for your own convenience, whether right. it's just not doing a stop sign hmm. or, you know, it can go higher levels. So, so basically what I'm saying is if, there, if there's a... All right, so you, you break the law, you know you're wrong, that leads to an interaction with a police officer. And sometimes you're not even doing something that's wrong and it ends up with an interaction with a police officer based upon something they're investigating or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but either way, once that interaction starts, now we got a new scenario. And in the scenario you just said, like, now you have to abide by the, the rules in that particular scenario. Like, so if he goes and does something foul and after he stopped you, you have two options. You can either react to it immediately and then challenge and have that have that kind of go up this like escalating type situation or you can abide by the rules in that situation ask him for a what'd you say a, like a ask, ask for a supervisor 
file a complaint. Have you ever asked for a super? I never. I've never asked for a supervisor. And honestly, Officer Fuerte, I don't know if I feel comfortable to do that. Mm. You know, what do you? Mm. Th- is that something that's okay to do? Like, hey, I need to talk to your supervisor. And is the guy going to get mad? You know what I mean? Is that going to escalate the situation even more? I mean, I've I've seen it plenty of times, and a, you know, a sergeant would come out to the field and and talk to that person. Oh, okay. And, and based on the situation, whatever happens there, he can file a formal complaint, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, sometimes maybe just talking to the sergeant will will, will make things right right there. You mm-hmm. know, in that situation. Yeah. But like I said, it's your right. If you feel something was out of line, it's your right to as a citizen to to complain about it, file a complaint. But like I said, if you try to challenge the officer or want to resist or it's just going to mean more legal problems for you, you know, Mm. once you start resisting or obstructing a police officer and you start going into another hefty crime, Mm. you know, it's not, it goes from an infraction to just, it could have been a trolley ticket to now you're, uh, you know, you're breaking the California penal code by resisting an officer. Now you're looking at a misdemeanor charge now. And I agree. I, I listen, bro, don't, I, what I don't want you to think right now, David, is that I don't understand what you're saying. Oh, I definitely know. You're <laughs> I, I know, know it's not biased. I know. I know what yeah. you're saying. My, my concern is, and and really, I think this is a good this is a good time to shift the conversation to things that that will to, will unite us. But before we do that, I want to kind of just share why. You know what I mean? I want to make this happen. I see so many times that I had that there's young people that having never had this conversation have you ever had a conversation like this with a police officer never heard anyone having a conversation <laughs> have, like this have you have had a conversation like this uh fido i already talked to cops <laughs> <laughs> well i mean so that's a good thing my heart in this is so that officer fuerte could also see you guys's heart you know what i mean yeah. because at the end of the day this is how things get resolved between people that are responsible and i'm not saying everybody is but somebody has to be Mm. Right. So as we shift the conversation, I just want to get a little deeper now on who we are. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask the officer to share first, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's your background? Where do you come from? Like, who's the person that's in this in this uniform? Uh, first off, I can relate to what you guys are telling me, because uh, I I grew up in the South Bay here in San Diego. Uh, like like B-Step was saying back in, you know, the day, the 90s, when gang banging was, was a real thing, when it was really you know active so uh, i grew up in a community where you know hispanic hispanic gangs um a lot of violence so so i seen all that you know in my community growing up and it was really a uh a negative image looking at police officers i used to get stopped all the time driving you know they i they probably wanted to see if i had dope or if i was banging or what what i was up to um but you know i would always verbal warnings because i always had respect but i just the way uh, you guys are talking, I never talked to police officers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it was all like our community, you know, we have issues, it's the family, our family's going to handle it, with, with whatever, you know, whatever's happening, you know? So I grew up with, with that kind of type of uh, background, you know, I had friends who, who joined the gang and, and um, you know, one friend get 40 years of life, you know? Wow. So so I know people, you know, that have done some major time, so, so I can relate and I understand what you guys are coming from. Uh, so I never wanted to be a cop, to be honest. Like, there's other guys in the force that this is their dream. Their dream was to, to, to just be a police officer. Mm. That was in my dream growing up. You know, it came on later in life when, when I went to college, you know, and I started, you know, studying criminal justice because that's what it interested me. I wanted to learn about, you know, crime and why people commit crime. Mm. So 
my I matured in my thinking. I, I said, you know what? Uh, so I went on a ride along, and and when I went on a ride along, uh, that's where really I seen, you know what? I can do this. You know, I I can do this. And honestly, once I joined and got sworn in, it's it's better than I could ever imagine. This job is such a great career. I love it. I'm having so much fun. And um, Dang, it's crazy, better man. than than I could ever imagine. Like I said, I never I came from someone that didn't want to be a cop, tried to duck the cops. You know, I was out doing graffiti in the streets. I was out, you know, friends were doing beer runs. You know, I was out partying, getting mm-hmm. drunk because I wanted to be independent. I wanted to hang out with the, the big homies. You know, I wanted to be cool. I wanted to feel like uh, feel like I fit in, you know, and mm-hmm. I, that's how I feel as a teenager. It is when you're growing up, you want to fit in. You know, you want to be with the cool the cool people and you want you want to fit in with the cool people and have respect and people yeah. to like you and that's how it was in high school man like growing up i just wanted to, to feel like i was accepted like you know people liked me and mm. and you know okay yeah all right that's deep oh uh, well, my background is because i grew up around the hood so like and me before i found the studio i was always in the streets you know like skateboarding and that's when i found out about you know uh gangs yeah beer you know and then like i look at them and i like when they're like i don't want to be like them when they grow up you know because mm. like they don't have a dream they don't have a vision mm. and that's what's like i don't know it doesn't and they're okay like that and i'm like no it's like i gotta get out the hood you know yeah. you ain't safe mm. here no nah, i feel that i definitely feel that david you know with me it's pretty funny because half of my life probably i lived it in a nice ne- well not half of my life like probably like eight years mm. you know i lived in a nice neighborhood we can call it Mm-hmm. You know where the, where you know you don't really need a walk because you know the you know my mom used to drive me and all that you know, mm-hmm. so I really when I was a young kid I really never had that contact with, with like gangs and all that like it was around me yeah. and I knew it was there but it was them and it was me, mm-hmm. so when I got a little bit older and you know things got a little bit different, and I was completely exposed you know just one shot about what is reality you know yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, I was like, my perspective flipped so fast because mm. for me perceiving, oh, they're the guy, police is just the people who get the people that rob. Right. But when you hang out with the people that rob and you know them and they go to your school, <laughs> right. you mm-hmm. know, and, and they skate in the same park that you kick it with your friends, right. you know, and you get to meet them and it's just like, whoa, you know, like you kind of see it from their shoes. Yeah. And yet again, you know, where I come from. This this was impressive at first. Mm. So, you know, I'm able to kind of see it through both shoes, you know, yeah. the, the two different pair of shoes. But, yeah, you know, it's just... That's kind of rare. That's how it is, yeah. All right, so there's one thing that I know that in the studio, and you guys know, I believe that music has a power to unite. I believe that p- music has a special power. Definitely. Yeah. You know, um, one thing that you guys know now which you didn't know and, and people out there might not know is that Officer Fuerte also has a love for hip-hop music and, and actually does it, right? So you guys are hip-hop artists and I think that that this is a commonality, right? So for people yeah. out there, I asked all of these guys to write 16 bars, which is um, <laughs> kind of a standard <laughs> rap. Standard verse. Standard verse <laughs> about a day in their life. So you guys can pull that out, and um, who you think should go first? I'll go first. All right, he's going all first. All right, then. Fatal. Go. So sixteen bars. MC Fatal. I, Hit it, bro. 
It's 6 a.m. I have to get off my sheets. Mama didn't pay the bills so I could be on the streets. So it means I have to get the education from my peeps. Let me start the day off by brushing my teeth. Today's going to be good. I have a good feeling. Or today might be bad because of yesterday's killing. Well, who knows? It's God who gets to decide. I'm just grateful for having another day to open my eyes. Mom goes to work early so there's no morning brunch. I guess I have to wait for the nasty school lunch. Time is running out. I have to be at the trolley stop. I didn't bring my compass. Hopefully there's no trolley cops almost came late to school but at least i arrived but wait the day is still not over can i still survive i like wearing dark colors so i might get checked but it don't matter who tank taught me to protect my neck okay 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 david then i guess i'll go next 16 16 yep well i call this 16 i'd rather not and it goes like i have the right to remain silent but i'd rather not enforce it I'm tired of staying quiet. What I got to say is really important. We the people are tired of being protect and serve when protect and serve means the opposite of the actual word. I don't want to be protected with a taster and a serve with a batting. Usually when you swing it at me, it's not protection, it's attacking. Get it? Because it seems like y'all don't really give a damn me. But hey, I'm aware that not every cup is a killer. I won't generalize like some did when they pulled the trigger. Black, brown, it must be thugs. Maybe we should shoot back. Maybe I should scream stop resisting, but that only works for cops in a broken system. Can't dispute that. Pay vacation every time they send a man to the grave. It's hard to think they didn't did. They didn't enjoy what they did to Rodney King. Twenty years have passed, all the same. Michael Brown, Eric Gardner, Freddie Gray, Oscar Grant. I have the right to remain silent, but I'd rather not enforce it. I'd rather speak up. Wow. Mm. Okay, man. Taking shots. <laughs> complexity, complexity. That's yeah, definitely... You know, no. That, that's, <laughs> now what I just want to add over here, uh-huh. I wrote this against the actual phenomenon known as police brutality. You know, right. okay. I'm not speaking against a police officer. You know, I'm speaking about a phenomenon. A phenomenon, yeah. Police okay. brutality, as in if it was a he. Okay. You know, just to leave that clear. Well. Okay, which I'm is a, it, which is it. a huge topic in the mainstream media right it, now. It is a huge topic, yeah. but you know, at the same time, there's a lot of talk like that, but there's not a lot of talk like this. Oh, exactly. I think so. The combination of the two mm-hmm. is tight, right? You know, Be- yeah. and and let me tell you why. Because there's not too many people, first off, that would have the heart to say that with a police officer in the room. Mm-hmm. So I salute that. But beyond that, like the conversation itself, like to be able to have the conversation is what is the, is the antidote i believe mm-hmm. sitting down and seeing each other as human so yeah for, you know what i mean for you to be able to share your heart like that with officer for it to hear i mean that's huge you know the thing is i'm not really seeing out the batch you know i'm i'm conversating with a man right now you yes know? so i think we need to have that switch on and off you know when you're on duty and when you're not you know yeah. i'm conversating with a man right now you know mm-hmm. got got to give him respect like like a man deserves it you know there you go all right yeah. officer fuerte Here 16 is my 16 10 hour shift i got my suit on the streets on my office i get my cruise on never knowing that this day might be my last cuz i'm really out there with a pistol's blast First on scene, first to see that bloody tea and people scream. I'm thanking God for every breath that I breathe. Cause I got a wife at home and she waiting for me. That's the type of pressure that I'm dealing with. Never let my guard down, not even for a little bit. When I wake, I'm back at it again. 
I love what I do, ain't about stacking them ends. Have you ever seen a single mother on crack? Eight months pregnant and still ain't dropping the act? I have, but it's just another day in the field. But my days in the field are far from ordinary for real. That's pretty much much real, man. (laughs) Salute that, yeah. Salute that. Hey, so hip-hop, man, uh, just bridging the gap a little bit (laughs) inside the student studio today. Yeah. Man, my takeaway is this. My takeaway, first off, I respect all of you guys for sitting down. Mm. I really, really, really respect each and every one of you because you bring a particular perspective, you know, and what happens when you start to look from other perspectives is growth. Not just for you or Mm -hmm. him, but for me, right? Exactly. So when you see the same scenario from different sides, you start to empathize. Now, I want to charge everyone here to take that perspective and share, Mm -hmm. you know, like share that perspective. And even if you still have issues with it, with the perspective, you can still at least see it now. And, you know, that's the beauty of it when you just when you understand what's going on somewhere else. And through someone's eyes and different pair of shoes, that's when, you know, that's growth. That Indeed, is. that is growth. Yeah, absolutely. Last thoughts. Fatal, where you at? About what? Just in general, about this, about, you know, your perspective, how things change, just anything you want to share. Um, well, yeah, this conversation really changed my, my point of view because uh, I grew up listening to, you know, N.W.A., which... Yeah, you know, made know. a song. Yeah. <laughs> we know the police, that, right? Yeah. yeah, this conversation really helped because you know it changed my point of view of how cops look mm-hmm. at kids and how kids look at cops. Mm. So I get two sides of them now. Yeah, dope, man. Officer Fuerte. Man, I really re- respect B. You bringing this this forum, man. This mm. is something like you kept saying. It's, it hasn't been done. At least I haven't seen it. Yeah. You know, so mm. I really respect it. I got mad love for you. I already know that, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's really nice to to get to do this because on the field I don't have you know this time to, to really exactly. conversate yeah. with, with the youth man because there's so much going on out there so it's really nice to have this forum and to really see that perspective mm-hmm. and like I said I understand that perspective I was there and 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 you know when it comes down to us like every police officer is just like they're just trying to get home at night uh, you know we have targets on our head there's people that just want to kill us for no reason you know what I mean mm-hmm. and because they haven't had these kind of conversations. They may not, not know what goes on. And, and like I said, I'm just out there. I'm trying to do the right thing. Like me, I'm trying to really stop people who are, are breaking into your home or mm-hmm. people that are out killing. And, and those are the type of people I'm trying to stop. I'm trying to stop people with, with criminal records who are, who are out doing bad things. And, and that's really all it is, man. I'm trying to make a difference out in the community. Mm-hmm. But, but taking these people off the streets, and not only that, but by, by changing the, the, perspe- the perception that mm-hmm. people have on cops out in the community. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, you know, like I, I want to be that officer when, when people see me to, to say what's up and not be mm-hmm. scared automatically. Right. Yeah. Because I know the feeling. I, I'm still driving around. I'm a police officer. I still drive around and I, I see a cop and I'm still like, oh, man, I better, you know, drive right. It's, it's already built in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lifelong thing that, that's been engraved in our heads growing up, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that's deep. yeah. All right. Well, look, I think I'm going to sign off there. Yeah. Um, so we're inside the student studio, David's Harp Foundation. We're using the power of media production to uh, have conversations, real ones. 
And I appreciate you guys. Thank you, David. Thank you, Fidel. Thank you, Officer Fuerte. And real quick, can you shout out your sergeant? Because I really appreciate him letting you come by. Shout out to Sergeant McGilvray and uh, Lieutenant uh, Jeff Jordan. Yeah. Much respect without them, without the command staff at Mid-City Division. Yeah. This wouldn't have been made possible. Yeah. So I thank them for allowing me to come out here and, and believing in, in this positive uh, yeah. environment and, yeah. you know, that we set forward today. So Yeah, thank you. Much thank love. you guys sincerely. So. We're out. That's it. Inside the studio, studio, davidtarpfoundation.org. Support. All right.